everybody. This is Bree. Welcome to the Chocolate Bar. Our lives, our strength, our time. Um, it has been a while, uh, so I appreciate everyone's patience and support. Thank you. If you are a returning listener and if you're a new listener, welcome. Um, life took over. I'm not even going to lie front. Um, so it, I got a little off of my recording schedule and for various other reasons that some of what we'll get into this evening, but, um, I wanted to come back and drop this episode at the last episode for 2019. Um, because I think it'll be important as we go into the new year and people are thinking about their new goals, um, whether it be competing in strength sports or taking up a strength sport for the first time. So I thought that this would be really something to talk, uh, great to talk about. Um, our guest this evening is someone who has been on the podcast before. Um, so if you haven't listened to episode 42 with Natalie Graves, I strongly, highly recommend that you listen to it. Um, and she is back with us again tonight to talk about, um, our latest topic. So I'm going to ask her to introduce herself and tell us who she is and what she does. Hello, I am so excited to be back. Thank you so much for having me. This I just feel like I'm home when I do this. So thank you so much. You I'm are. Really, <laughs> I'm really excited. Um, but yeah, just a quick intro. Um, my name is Natalie Graves. Uh, I have a private practice, Natalie Graves Athletic Counseling, uh, based in Chicago. And I specialize in working with athletes particularly performance and mental health issues. Awesome. Thank you again so much for joining us this evening. Um, and so by way of context, I'll just kind of put out there um, a little moment of vulnerability for moi, um, how this idea for this episode came about. So um, many of our listeners know, and I didn't really talk about it um, at all last year while I was preparing, because that's just how I am. But um, I ended up competing at um, USA Powerlifting Raw Nationals for the first time um, in October. And it was an incredible you it was an incredible experience for me from just meeting new women I mean there were an incredible amount of black women competing this year all ages all weight divisions all Yay. classes so it was just such a fun experience for me but um and I spent the better part of last year preparing um for that meet in October so it was uh the weekend of I think October 16th through the 19th or something like that Came home, um, flew back from Chicago, was in Chicago this year, came home, I was on a total high for a few days, like, oh, I just can't believe I did that. It was amazing. And then I woke up one morning and it happened. I literally didn't know what to do with myself. Um, I was like, just sad, like, it's over. I don't have any focus or direction. Um, you know, what do I do? It wasn't as simple as just getting back up and going to the gym. Um, and I figured it would pass in a couple of days because, you know, I, I suffer from or I won't say suffer from I deal with depression. And, you know, usually I just try to remind myself that this will pass. Um, and then it didn't. Um, and I was feeling like that for October, the rest of October, a lot of November. And I really literally feel like this fog has kind of started to lift, um, you know, towards the beginning of this month. So um, I wanted to find out a little bit more about that. And I started to, you know, got on the Googles and realized that, oh, post-competition depression, it's a thing. It's a thing. Um, and so 
Natalie, you were obviously the first person I thought of to kind of, you know, talk a little bit more about this and and sort of um, unpack it. And that's what I wanted to talk about tonight, just because I know um, a lot of my friends competed this year. A lot of my friends are planning to compete next year and just do really big things. And I feel like this is something that, you know, if you don't get in front of it, it could really take you by surprise. Right. Um, Right. So I guess the first thing I wanted to start with with you is what is post-competition, post-competition event meet depression? What is that? Right. So when we talk about post, we, obviously we're talking about after. So after mm-hmm. the competition. And when we're talking about depression, we're talking about a mood change. Right. And, and what is going on there is there's a lot of symptoms involved, but what is happening is that a lowness begins to happen with the athlete. Mm-hmm. And I want to be very clear when we're talking about this. There's a such thing as post-competition blues and post-competition mm. depression. Right? Okay. And, and so we want to we wanna be very clear because there are some differences, right? Okay. So if I can, let me just start with the blues. Yeah, okay. I assume so, that's not quite as severe as exactly. the actual depression. So exactly. that makes sense. So, so when, when, when you're having like post-contest or post-competition blues, we're talking about disappointment. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe you didn't place where you wanted to, you didn't do as well, maybe you got injured, you know, you've been on this kind of high, and now you've got a bit of a letdown, you know, the schedule is not as busy or as intense as it used to be, right? Mm-hmm. And so, so there's just kind of a little low, there's a little bit of mm-hmm. being down, and that usually clears up in a couple days. Mm-hmm. Uh, that individual, you know, is able to kind of process that, okay, the competition's over, you know, either I did well or I didn't do as well, whatever the situation is. They can kind of have that self-talk and say, okay, whatever it is, you know, I know I understand that and mm-hmm. I can kind of move on. Mm-hmm. And this is normal. Any any type of uh, disappointment, you know, you expect to have some feelings about that. And so so that's normal. But mm-hmm. when we're talking about post com- uh, competition depression, we're talking mm-hmm. about something much more severe. And you actually talked you actually mentioned that you were struggling for about three months. Right. Mm hmm. Yeah. And, and so this is something that has stayed with an individual for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the low motivation, periods of crying, um, mm-hmm. fear of gaining weight or mm-hmm. cha- of the changing of the body, not knowing exactly right. or what getting they- weak. I'm like, oh, my yes, God, I'm, yes. I'm not lifting heavy. I'm going to you know, lose my squat. And my then my Ex- coach is like, calm down. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right. But that's a big fear. Right. Yeah. And, and, mm-hmm. and then it's it's sometimes uh, the eating gets all out of whack. You know, mm-hmm. it, you know, I encourage, you know, after after a competition, after you finished your show, you know, you should have something that you've been deprived from. You should have a little something within reason. But mm-hmm. sometimes what happens is we just go on a binging craze of eating. Right. And you get out of control. And because the body has been in starvation mode, and this also mm-hmm. impacts, this affects your, your hormones, your emotions, the chemicals in the brain. Right. All of this stuff is going on. And then we go into this 
eating that you haven't been doing and then, you know, whatever you're putting, you know, in your body, you know, if that has, you know, hormones in it or, you know, it's right. fried or whatever. Mm -hmm. So that impacts you, right? And then now you're dealing with this lowness that you cannot absolutely shake. Mm -hmm. Also, it's important to note, and Brianna, you said this too, people who have a history of depression mm. are predisposed to have post-competition depression and blues too. Wow. So wow. if you have a history, if you have a family history of depression, we need to go into your training and planning after the, tr after the show or the competition, how you're going mm -hmm. to prepare just in case something creeps up. And it can be very, mm. very debilitating and it can last for so, weeks or months. Let me ask you a question, um, just kind of moving back to um, the blues that you mentioned. Sure. And, you know, you, you sort of said that, you know, sometimes you, you know, you, you put in all this work and effort, you go and, you know, either depending on what it is that you do, you quote unquote lose or you don't place where you wanted to or you, you know, just didn't perform the way that you thought. But this is the thing that was so interesting to me, both with myself and, um, you know, looking at doing some of the research. It seems that sometimes people who go and do exactly what they set out to do or athletes that go and crush it could still get the blues or yes. post competition depression. Can you talk a little bit about that? Right, right. You're, you're absolutely right. And I think that's a good point. You know, so like with the blues, you know, it's disappointment, you know, right. there's that kind of thing. But with with when we're talking about clinical depression or post competition mm -hmm. depression, it doesn't really have to do with how you placed. Mm. It, it, it doesn't have to do with, you know, you know, you could have won the whole thing uh, and, and you right. could still experience some of these mood changes. And so, mm -hmm. you know, so mm -hmm. it's not we, we really need to be clear that this is not based on performance. It's based on the body actually kind of doing a crashing. Mm. And so and so then we have to recalibrate, we have to reorganize right. and reconfigure. And so that's kind of some of that what's going on there. And so, you know, it's I don't want people to walk away. Well, you know, if it, you know, I, I always do well, so this won't happen to me. No, right, you, could, right. you can be at risk because we just you know, we don't know always how the body and how the how the brain is going to respond. And so the best way right. is to really prepare. So um, before we get into some ways to prepare, how can what are some things that we can, you know, athletes can look at or kind of have a checklist to, to make them go, huh, you know, oh, this is just the blues or oh, wow, I really need to, you know, this is a little bit more serious. I know we mentioned, right. you know, timing. So, you know, a couple of days versus, you know, weeks or months on end. But what are some are there physical signs? Are there other signs that can kind of give us a clue that this is a little bit more than just, you know, kind of a, a very temporary uh, blue feeling? Right. So we really want to really do a calendar check. If you're feeling mm -hmm. um, very down or low over two weeks, 14 days, now we're mm -hmm. talking past blues. So so just that okay. alone. So we want to be really clear about that. Right. Mm -hmm. um, if you are a person who has kind of a compulsive, obsessive type of personality, where mm -hmm. you can't quite let let go of working out 
competing, you're still replaying the competition, you're putting mm-hmm. yourself at risk, right? And mm-hmm. so this is someone that we do want to, if coaches who are listening, we want to keep an eye on that particular uh, individual because there may be some struggles there. So that's mm-hmm. kind of a precursor that there may be some things. If there was an injury, mm-hmm. then then um, that's a different that's that's another situation where not only um, it prevented me from doing what I wanted to do, but now I'm dealing with the physical pain and the emotional pain. Right. And so what right. we know about chronic injuries, it lends itself to clinical depression. So we want to mm-hmm. be aware of that, that that's a risk factor and that could be a symptom as well. Mm-hmm. General mm-hmm. things, if you are struggling, if your sleep pattern has changed, if you're not sleeping mm. as much or you're sleeping more, this is a symptom. If we're talking about your diet, if you're, you know, and, and it's a little tricky for you guys because you were training and eating in a certain way. Right. Um, but generally when we're doing a checklist, if I was doing kind of a going through point by point, if you're eating more than you normally do or eating less than you normally do, your right. appetite changes, that's mm-hmm. something we want to check for. Are you more irritable? Mm, yeah. <laughs> right? I and, was very grumpy, according to and, my husband. <laughs> and, and it's a very true, and it's kind of like no rhyme or reason. You don't even know why yeah. you know, you're a little bit short. Just agitated. Adi- agitated, right? Yeah. And then mm-hmm. if, you, if you're really lacking motivation, when you were talking about just couldn't get out of the bed, right? Right, right. You know, some people struggle with just getting in the shower, starting the day. Like they yep. literally just cannot get into the shower. And so mm-hmm. these are some of, when you're feeling you cannot operate your daily functions two weeks or more, we're talking about a clinical condition now. We're not talking mm-hmm. about, you know, oh, darn, I would, you know, I just got to train harder next time I didn't do right. well. We're not talking about right. that. Now we're talking about this is severe in that you are, um, if you're having crying spells, that's a, that's another, mm-hmm. you know, you, you see you see a commercial with a puppy and, and you know, you're just, <laughs> you know, the water works, you don't know why, right. you know, you watch a, a baking show in, in the winter, it's just, and it just tears you up, you know, well, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're experiencing some emotions in the crying spells or nothing is going on and you just feel like crying. That's another right. symptom. Right that um, um, we look for mm-hmm. and low energy mm-hmm. yeah and, and then you know low sex drive so so if you are mm-hmm. feeling just kind of out of sorts heavy emotions right um, um, you're, you're just not uh, able to think clearly a lot of times we have a lot of self-doubt and self-guilt and self-loathing we talk we mm-hmm. tell ourselves these these horrible negative things when we're in a depressive episode so if you're if you're seeing that you're having some of these symptoms and you don't even have to have all of them you just have to have a few and they're right. and they're lasting uh 14 days or more chances are you need to talk to someone you need to talk right. to your your medical doctor talk to a licensed mental health professional and get some support mm-hmm Hmm. Interesting. Um, so another thing, uh, when I was doing a little bit of research that, um, 
kind of surprised me a little bit, but when I started to think about it, it didn't. So um, one of the resources I looked at and they were talking about, you know, much of what you mentioned in terms of symptoms to look for and things like that. And then they talked a little bit about, you know, kind of the different types of athletes and kind of where they fall on that spectrum of being susceptible to, mm-hmm. to having depression after a competition. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that they mentioned that I thought was so interesting was that um, if you are someone or an athlete that is um, more ego slash outcome focused Mm -hmm. versus an athlete who's a little bit more process focused that that also can play into um you know kind of how you feel after a competition and whether that is like you talked about you know you you were disappointed in your performance or whatever um and I was curious just sort of in your own anecdotal experience or if you have any um insight or or perspective on on that Well, not only that, but also athletes who are in individual sports. Mm, So interesting. Yes. So so what we're finding is that athletes who are not playing within a team tend to be more Mm -hmm. at risk for this, too. And if you think about it, it makes sense because, yeah. You know, you're, it's you and the task and the goal, and then it's over. And then there's not that group of, of teammates supporting you and sharing right. in that same experience. Right, and right. So, so you know, when, when we're talking about, you know, power lifters, bodybuilders, gymnasts, swimmers, mm-hmm. you know, those individual sports really put you guys at a risk. And we need to be aware of that. Yeah. Know? And, and so um, for me, I really like to do a lot of planning ahead of time for competitions. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. This, is, this is a real important piece that we really need to do as it relates to the post part of your training. Because there's a recovery right. that the body has to do, but then the, the mind has to recover also. And Brianna, that's right. the really neglected part. You know, you put all that effort into the physical part of your sport. And then we don't think about how mentally and emotionally how Mm -hmm. you're going to respond. And I I think that, you know, that really does an athlete a disservice because what I have heard after competitions, I've heard a lot of athletes say, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know that this was going to happen to me. I didn't know I was going to gain weight so quickly. Right. Right. Exactly. And so we've got to we've got to plan and really educate in this sport, in the in the sports community to kind of prep for some of this stuff, just like you, you, you you get help. You you, you really try to, you know, plan for every every aspect physically. Right. We've got to do that pre, during and post mentally. This is so I can't emphasize that enough. Yeah. Yeah. I've always been very like. Um, you know, anal with my coach, like before I do my last lift on that platform, I want to email in my inbox about what next steps are. (laughs) Like I cannot function if I don't have that because at that point, I I don't have the mental capacity to think about anything. Like you said, I don't have the capacity to think, okay, let me write out a new training program. Let Mm -hmm. me write out, you know, a way to ease back into, you know, increasing my cat. Like I, I just don't have it. So knowing that I can, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like for me, like knowing that I can, you know, I finished, you know, my meat, I can go right to my inbox and see what I'm, I'm supposed to do for the next three days. 
then usually that that works out fine for me. But, and, but um, yeah, I guess the you know, struggle it, can come though, right? Because when once it's over, and then there's, there's exactly no, there's no email, there's no plan, there's no right. next thing. I panic. <laughs> right, and and that kind of can put put folks like you that kind of operate that way that can put you at risk. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I think the thing too that kind of threw me off and, and made me think that, you know, maybe I needed to pay a little more attention was that actually having that plan this time stressed me out. It made it me anxious did. because okay. I was like, I don't feel ready for this. I'm not ready okay. to go back to the gym. I'm not ready to, you know, and, and I'm always like, you know, I'm very much about execution. So I can't not execute because this is what I do. Right. And so right. I even noticed this time it was really weird. Like I just, you know, every time I would try to open the email, I would get stressed out and I'd have to log out because I was just like, mm -hmm. I, I can't deal with this right now. And, and, and the, it's a good thing that you were able to identify that um, right. and that's because you're a veteran and you've been doing this for a while. Another yeah. thing that the research tells us is that first timers are, mm -hmm. are at risk for, for this type of depression as well. Right. So someone who is inexperienced, this is their first competition, their first time going mm -hmm. out there. And so they've given it all, all, and they've gone, 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 train, train, train. And then they have this big drop or this big low right so you know for for our coaches we really want to make you aware that if you're working with an athlete that is this is their first is this is her first experience mm -hmm. that you know let's be aware that this could be a risk factor right. that she could experience that and so we want to put some things in place and these are things we can prevent now nothing is sure proof right you know right the chemicals in the brain they're going to do what they want to do but there are things that we can really put in place and and try to prevent some of these things to happen or at least not to be mm -hmm. so severe mm -hmm. Yeah. So then let's talk about that. It's a great yeah. segue. So what are some things that athletes can do to help avoid, you know, hitting that wall post event right. or, you know, have kind of having that that episode or issue? What are some things that they can do, like you said, before their meet, during their prep and, you know, leading up to and after? So before I really recommend having a game plan. Um, mm -hmm. being being prepared and educated that these are some things that could happen. Right. You know, so just even starting with that. So like the shock of it is, is not so severe because you do know that right. this is something that could occur. And so having that mm -hmm. information is actually very empowering. So we want to be right. educated about it. Like you, you started saying like something's not right. And you started researching You're like, oh, my God, this is a thing. And it's like, yeah, this is mm -hmm. really a thing. You know, that's helpful right. because it also. Yeah it allows the person to know that this is a normal occurrence and you're not alone. So we, what right, we call is exactly. we normalize it. So we want to yeah. do that. Um, I really encourage that um, this, in the sport that you're in, it's, it can be kind of isolating. Mm -hmm. So every energy and most of your time is spent training. Once yeah, and I train by myself, so. Yes, right, right. And, you know, I, I, I work with someone right now, and, and fortunately she does have a partner, but she can't get with her mm -hmm. partner all the time. Right, You right. know, so it's her partner, her coach, and that's kind of it. So, yeah. So what I would really encourage is try to re-engage, you know, mm -hmm. after the competition is over. Connect with friends. Connect right. with families. 
respond to your emails look yeah. you know respond to the text i would really like to for folks to like organize like an outing you know just just you know a couple mm. people just hang out you know have a meal you know indulge a tiny bit don't go too far but right. get back into your social circle so the things that you couldn't yeah. do if, if you if you weren't able to go to go to church get back in mm-hmm. church you know if you weren't able right. to to connect like you wanted to with your relationship okay so now's the time to re-engage in that so that's right. the first right. thing let's not isolate yeah very yeah. important and then i mentioned a couple times about um trying to eat something um mm-hmm. that is fun that is that you've deprived yourself have a little indulgence in a moderate way that's right. A, that's that's a pleasure that you can give yourself. Yeah. Also, yeah. also, I would recommend train in a different way. No mm. one, no one can stay pre-contest look. No one can maintain that. So, right. so think about training in a different way. You know, doing something else that is different than what you just did and it mm-hmm. keeps the body activated and also gives you some new goals some new right. things to look forward to and that's very healthy um yeah. i've also yeah. i've also uh did some reading on some benefits and a lot of researchers saying incorporate cardio three to four times a week uh, uh, yeah mm-hmm. uh, yeah three a time three to four times a week so that's something. Well, I'll consider. tell you this, Natalie. Most power lifters do not like to do cardio. <laughs> so they're probably, they're probably side-eyeing, side-eyeing you right now. I understand. I understand. But I'm just, you know, just trying to change it up a little right, bit. Yeah. Maybe. But, yeah. I, but I respect it and I receive it. Yeah. That. But, I you understand. know, and cardio comes in different forms, too. It, it doesn't does. mean necessarily you have to run on a track no, or, no. you know, get on a treadmill and, and, and zone out. You could, you know, try Zumba. You could, exactly. you know, swim or do, you know, take right. a class. Or right. I've kind of found my way back to CrossFit, which was one of my first nice. loves. So, okay. um, you know, that's been really great for me because it gives me an opportunity to, like you said, to do something different and I'm just doing it for the hell of it there's no mm-hmm. you right. know I got to meet this goal this time I got to do this so I've approached it with a very different kind of attitude which has been helpful for me the last few weeks too so and that's very um, healthy for you to yeah do that. yeah and, and then the most important thing and I was so happy to hear that you you said this is take some time off yeah you really need to take some time off. And I'm not going to tell people how much time they need because it varies from individual to individual. Mm -hmm. But I will say that your body and your mind need to recover. And so this cannot be emphasized enough. We can't, you know, I just can't, I just can't express it any more than I'm saying that taking some time away from mm-hmm. your traditional training, all the t- um, the eating and everything that you were doing for that moment, stop that. Give it a pause. Right. Just give right. it a pause, and there's a reset. And, yeah. and 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 if if you find, just like when we reset, when we have a problem with our phone or our our mm-hmm. laptop, when we do a yeah. hard reset, it puts things right. back together. Right. It puts things back in place. And the same thing for our bodies and and our minds. We need to do that. And sometimes we have this kind of 
feeling of, you know, I just have to get right back to it. I've just got to go right. hard. And that really is not recommended. You need to you need to space it out. You need to give a, give yourself some time. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, and and it, it I, I was kind of surprised at how difficult that had been for me to like not do anything. You yeah, know, like I said, it, yeah. like my brain was just like, what's happening right now? What's happening? But I mean, I, I really needed like that time just physically away from that environment because I'd spent so many hours in there, you know, two and three hours training, um, mm-hmm. you know, kind of leading up to my meet. And I just needed to literally put physical distance between myself and, and the gym, which is like my favorite favorite place which was right, which was right. tough but once I did it after a few days I, I really kind of leaned into it and I was like okay this is great I get to sleep in and right you, can you know whatever it. so yeah absolutely and then, and then yeah. it's a fear you know that I'm going to just totally slack off you know that's right. a lot of that too you know I'm going to yeah just, I'm going to gain all this weight and I'm going to do this right but but when we we're not looking at it in the correct way when we come from that perspective really what we right. need to be doing is saying part of my self-care is mm-hmm. taking some time off. Yeah. And that's very different than I'm I'm slacking, I'm lacking, I'm right. lazy. No, this is yeah. self care. Because if we go yeah. too long without it, the body and the mind can break down and we want to oh yeah it'll that. if you don't stop it it'll stop you yes, I mean, yes. that's that's a fact but I, I like the idea of reframing things mm-hmm. and I, I you know I kind of tend to do that a lot like oh you know I can't believe I slept in and didn't work right. out this and, and you know I'm like well no your body was like hey we need some rest and now right. you feel great and you know you can go to work and like you know not be hobbling around because you're in pain and you know it's a really good thing so yeah, that's exactly um, right. I, I definitely find that reframing um, you know like you said, just our perspective is, is, is super helpful. Um, so let me ask you this. So let's say, okay, you know, there's an athlete and they, you know, do their thing and let's even say they do, you know, a great job and they, they hit that wall and they try some of these things and it's not working for them. And they realize that they need to get some professional help. So they come to you and say, okay, like, how, how, what, what's the quote unquote treatment? Like, how do yeah. you, you know, sort of treat athletes that are, that are really going through it? Absolutely. And, and I'm so glad you asked this because we really want to just kind of give an insight to mm-hmm. what happens in therapy. So let's just kind of right. walk through it. So, yeah, so absolutely. So someone who walks in my office like that, the first thing that I want to try to do is normalize what they're going through, right? Mm-hmm. So because a lot of times you feel that, you know, it's something so severely wrong with you. No one else is experiencing this. Right. You know, you're all alone. Yeah. And that that contributes to your mood right. and the anxiety and the worry. So we yeah. want to first normalize that this happens and it's okay. So, and so, I think my thing was, you know, well, if I were an elite athlete, I wouldn't be going through this. Right, if I were like, right. you know, a better athlete, I would have a handle on this and I'd know how to control this. And that just kind of, you know, sends you in a different direction. So I think, yeah, that's definitely important to, you know, it's kind of like, no, you're not the only one who goes through this. You right. know, and, other people and elite do too. athletes go through it. And part of what, you know, when you're in a depressive, depressive episode, you know, some of that self-loathing, that talk, that negative talk, that that's part of that. And so right. we want to start to counteract that right away. Mm-hmm. The other thing, um, we want to start to get an, a, a sense of what your symptoms are. And we went through some of those mm-hmm. already. And then right. set some small goals. 
So, mm-hmm. you know, with, with anything, you have a mild, moderate, and severe. Mm-hmm. So depending where you are on, on the spectrum, you know, it will dictate, you know, how your treatment would go. But mm-hmm. we want to, you know, so like, I like to encourage, you know, what is your daily routine? What are some things that you have not been able to do? You mm-hmm. know, and so we'll talk about, okay, well, if you normally uh, visit visit your 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 niece, let's just say, mm-hmm. um, right. every every Saturday, and you haven't done that, can we plan within the next two weeks? Can you go and visit her? Mm. You know, so we're mm-hmm. setting just a small goal, and we're giving time frames that are reasonable. No one said try to do right. that tomorrow. Let's right, let, right. Let's, let's process that this is an expectation, and let's see if we can do that. So small mm-hmm. goal setting is really important. Mm-hmm. Another thing that we want to do, I like to encourage journal writing. Mm. And the reason why I say that is putting your feelings, your emotions, what's going on with you to the pen and to the paper or to your finger, to your phone. Either way, mm-hmm. is very therapeutic. Right. What happens mm-hmm. is that you're able to start identifying what's going on. You're able to mm-hmm. identify patterns. You know, it seems like in the morning I struggle more. I've, I've been journaling mm. for a week and it seems like I have my heaviest time when I wake up mm-hmm. or, you know, you know, I, I finish out my journal entries and I've noticed in the evening, you know, when it's almost time to go to bed, I'm just really at a low. So that gives right. us some information to work with. So I mm-hmm. really like to encourage my athletes to do some journaling or just bullet points, you know, just kind of jot right. some times and feelings. And if you're if you're someone who really can get into writing, processing and really kind mm-hmm. of sharing with with yourself what's going on is very therapeutic. Mm-hmm. And then allowing you to have a place that is safe. You know, the thing mm-hmm. that is so wonderful for talk therapy for athletes is that your therapist doesn't want anything from you. There are no right. expectations. There mm-hmm. are no judgments. This is a place where you can totally and truly be your vulnerable self. Right. And for athletes, there oftentimes are not a lot of spaces like that for you. And so what I have because everyone perceives mm -hmm. you to be the strong one or the one who does this or the one who deadlifts 500 pounds like you don't have any problems. Right. And then you add the black woman thing on top of that. We definitely don't get an opportunity to be vulnerable. So and I often say, let's take the superwoman cape off when we come in. Let's let's take it off. And it's it's, right. It's a a sigh of relief because I don't have that expectation. And so right. just being allowed to be yourself in where mm-hmm. you are in your struggles is right. really helpful. And then we go into the business of problem solving and really connecting mm-hmm. thoughts to behaviors and how we can change our thoughts and our mindset and how we can change our behavior. And when we start right. doing this, it can be very powerful in healing for the athlete. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. That's awesome. So let me ask you this, because I've noticed, um, you know, amongst, um, you know, friends and just different um, athletes that I know. And and I think for me, not so much now as a powerlifter, but, you know, back when I was bodybuilding, one of the things that and I thought it was a good thing to do um, was I would immediately start planning for the next competition. Um, Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I figured out over time that that 
wasn't the best thing for me to do. Number one, because like you said, um, especially when you are in a, in a uh, activity where you're dieting that hard, like right. you don't give your body a chance to recover. So you right. really aren't making any improvements from meat to from show to show to show. Right. Um, and, um, I've noticed, you know, people that I competed with are like on to the next, you know, which is great. But, yeah. you know, I wonder sometimes if that is, not the the most um the best way to kind of deal if you're having some of these issues um and i was wondering if you you know had had experience with that with athletes or if you could talk a little bit about that yeah it does vary from athlete to athlete individual to individual but i Mm -hmm. will say that when you kind of jam pack your schedule right you do not plan for breaks and times off you do put yourself at risk now with you planning for the next meet if you're giving yourself breaks in between, that's a good thing. Right, right. You know, but but if it's back to back to yeah. back, I, I kind of get a little bit concerned about that. Mm-hmm. I, I even, you know, I like to hear my athletes, um, their weekly ro- workout schedule. Right. I need to hear that and I need to hear and listen for, you know, is there a day that we're taking off? Is there, right. you know, are there, you know, a couple hours there of rest? Mm-hmm. You know, and so so if I'm doing that on a on a small level like that, you know, I definitely come from the school of thought that putting in those breaks and some time off between meets is really ideal. And it, and it allows yeah. you, you know, I think I agree with you, you know, you're not making that much of a change going back to back to back. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not making many much of a difference. And so I, right. I, I believe that, you know, it's it's healthier to kind of space it out. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not mm-hmm. talking about once a year. You know, I'm just saying, right. you know, you know, just just let's not in two weeks you're doing it all over again. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That that that, that was not the smartest plan for me. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm glad I figured it out. Yeah, yeah. And and you're 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 good with that, but people struggle, you know, and they're trying to navigate yeah. and figure it out and, and it's not always an easy figure out. It's it's not always something mm-hmm. that comes to them. So mm-hmm. so it's good that we're talking about it. So I wanted to um kind of shift the perspective a little bit and say like, you know, if you, you know, if we have folks that are listening that either, um, you know, they have a partner or a friend or mm-hmm. a relative or a loved one that is an athlete, right? Um, what are some things that they can do to support that person? Um, whether it be just kind of through this process, or if they notice them, you know, being a little bit down and kind mm-hmm. of maybe isolating a little bit, like what can they do to support them um, on the other side? side of their competition yeah that's a great question and um support is is always so beneficial with the people in your life when you're when you're kind of struggling so one of the things is to really just have a conversation saying like you know i've noticed that you you seem a little bit low in energy or you Mm -hmm. know i noticed that your mood is a little bit different since the competition can we talk about that can you know right tell me what you're what you're experiencing right now just mm-hmm. opening up with starting with just questions is a right. really great way of getting some insight with what a person is going through. And sometimes folks are going through things and they're not even aware of it. And mm-hmm. so just beginning mm-hmm. to kind of bring bring the awareness of, you know, I've noticed this. You know, I right. noticed you've kind of been in the bed a little bit more than than I, I normally see you. You know, is something mm-hmm. going on. Let's let's talk about it. So that's one thing. Um Another thing is, is to keep in mind 
with your your significant other, your loved one about their diet. You know, Mm. as I said, you should, you know, engage and indulge in some things, but to also be mindful that it shouldn't be, you know, tacos and pizza every day. And so so as as that that supportive family member, you know, just kind of say like, you know, now now remember, you know, I know you're on a break, but we you know, I do you really want to have that again? You know, do you really want to keep going in this direction with your eating? You know, maybe kind of let's pull it back and have something, you know, a little bit more healthy, even while we're not as on a strict restricted diet. So that's another thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then having the real conversation, and sometimes it's a very difficult one for people, mm-hmm. it may be time to talk to someone professionally. Mm-hmm. You know, I've noticed that you've been feeling this way for over two weeks. You know, I've noticed right. that you're, 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 you're agitated, you're, you're crying, you don't seem to enjoy the things you used to. And it looks like to me that you may be suffering from something. And let's mm-hmm. just go talk to somebody about it. Right. You know, right. and it's really, it's really that simple. We don't have to suffer in silence that, you know, that's mm-hmm. over with. It is, it is too many mental health professionals who are here willing and ready and able to work right. with you, to support you and get you where you need to be. Now, Natalie, would you suggest that um, if, you know, an athlete is struggling with with these kinds of issues, because I don't, you know, I I get the sense um, that there are not a whole lot of Natalie Graves around. Right. (laughs) Um, right. And so, you know, I guess my my concern or, or just curiosity is, you know, if you take these concerns to someone who maybe doesn't have that experience dealing with athletes or, right. you know, folks that are, um, you know, where it's a little bit more than just a kind of occasional hobby. And mm-hmm. then, you know, you go to them, express what you're feeling, and maybe they don't respond in the same way that someone like you would respond. Like, do you suggest looking specifically for someone who, you know, uh, works with athletes exclusively or do you think that you know working with um a a more general licensed um, mental health professional would also sort of reap the same benefits so what i would say is you know obviously if 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 you specialize in working with athletes there's just a built-in understanding right right Uh, right and you know and and there it's more and more of us but it's it's not it's not it's not enough it's true right so so what i would say when you seek out um, a therapist is to be very clear specifically what you're going through and talk about your life as an athlete and how that mm-hmm. is tied okay. to your identity that's tied into how right. you function and so that that therapist can make that connection and then when mm-hmm. we're talking about depression even though it has come about because of competition a licensed mental health professional is well able to deal with clinical depression. So so mm-hmm. I don't want folks to feel like, well, I have to talk to someone who specializes in, in athletes. That's the only person I can talk to. That that right. that's that's a great scenario to have if you have that right. in your area. But if you don't, fret not. Just go mm-hmm. talk to a licensed professional who can address these symptoms and give you some tools and techniques to help you cope and manage. Right. Right. And I would also add, um, you know, um, there's, there's the calm app that's, um, for meditation and relaxation. Uh, that's something that I would encourage. And then, um, 
talk space is mm-hmm. is um uh you know a uh, kind of virtual and kind of therapy there so there are different mm-hmm. options that folks can yeah. have and I always have to throw in a plug for, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Liberate Meditation, but it's actually a meditation app that is for, by, and about people of color. I just um, heard and it's about a game changer. It recently. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, a yeah. game changer. So yeah. I, I, I cannot recommend that enough um, if, if, you know, folks are interested in hearing some guided meditation um, and that is, you know, particularly relatable to their for lives. Us so, and, by and, us, and that's yeah, 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 that's yeah. Important. And of course, obviously, if you're looking, you know, particularly for the demographic that listens to this podcast. If you are looking for a therapist um, that is culturally sensitive, let us not forget therapy for black girls in the directory yes. on there is yes. amazing. Dr. Joy is amazing. Shout Absolutely. out. Um, yeah. So that yeah. is always a great go to if you are looking for someone that, you know, looks like you or, are you know, has this a similar lived experience. So exactly. Um, and then there's therapy there's for black men as well. Yeah, I just saw that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, That's fantastic. And and, um, just another one I just um, saw literally must have been two days ago. There is a new app called Ayana and it's for um, LGBTQ people of color um, and therapy resources and a directory. It is phenomenal. Um, So definitely um, I'll put all that in the um, show notes too if folks want to look them up. But I definitely wanted to give them a shout out too because I mean we there there can never be enough um, resources for us. um, And and the community is growing like therapy for black girls. I'm listed on there and yeah uh, black therapists are are lining up getting on that directory it is the go-to um i'm a big fan you know i've i've done her podcast too Mm -hmm. that's how i found you oh that's right that's right (laughs) yeah that's how i found you i was like what (laughs) this is amazing (laughs) that's exactly right so you know so there's a community of mental health professionals that look like your audience that are willing and and waiting waiting to work with people that look like us you know Um, right and and we're excited you know I'm in a lot of therapist Facebook groups and things like that and we are so excited when when black folks come through the door let me tell you I mean we're just like yes yeah. You know, yeah and, and I think and a lot of people yeah. are starting to recognize the um you know the the issue with assess- accessibility and affordability right. so I think there are lots of um therapists that are out there that are trying their hardest to make this more accessible yes. to folks who you know yes. have limited resources so I think that's really important too so I say all that to say don't let that stop you from seeking it out no, you know there there don't. may be something out there that um is lower cost that you know you can you can sort of utilize to to help you um you know cope with whatever you're you're happening you just gotta ask you just have so, to ask um, it is there it yeah is there yeah and and then on that same vein are there any um online resources websites books anything that you either you know recommend to um athletes that you work with or that folks might be interested in if they want to know more or you know whether it be just depression in general or right. you know, dealing with it a competitive athlete and you know you don't have to know like the actual like um, web address we can look look that up later and put it in the show notes but if there's anything that you wanted to mention yeah um, I mean it, you know unfortunately like you know as far as like books and things like that there's not a ton out yet but I am mm-hmm. going to be writing a book on mental health athletes Yay! mental health so I'm really oh excited gosh. yeah it, yeah so I'm 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 going to be working on that in 2020 awesome uh, the awesome. working title is hey athletes your mental health matters 
Oh, that's, I that's love the it. working title. So we'll see. Um, but Yay. as far as resources, um, there, there, there are some things. I mean, if you do a simple Google search on mm -hmm. symptoms of depression, tons of things right. comes up. If you do that same thing with um, competition depression, it'll come mm -hmm. up. Yeah. Um, you know, but I would also recommend there are some great articles on psychology today. You know, um, the pod, not only does uh, Therapy for Black Girls has a, a directory for therapists, but they also have a podcast. And so yes, everything is about mental health there. Mm -hmm. So that's yeah. something. And, and there's there's a ton of grow. I have a lot of colleagues now who are doing podcasts around mental health. So, mm -hmm. um there's that and and I don't know um you do you, are you familiar with Shamika Holsqua? Yes. Okay. Yeah, she, she was a WNBA player, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. A medalist, she does everything. She did everything that you could do on the basketball court. Mm -hmm. She is coming out with a podcast. She is an Get awesome, out, really? Yeah, yeah, she is an awesome advocate for mental health. Um, I had an opportunity to uh, to meet her and spend some time with her. Um, mm -hmm. And so I'm not sharing anything that that isn't already out there. But she for years was undiagnosed with a mental health condition and mm -hmm. then finally correctly got diagnosed and and saw the importance of, of therapy yeah. and mental health uh, awareness. And now she is an awesome advocate and she is going to be having a podcast. Um, I just stumbled across it. Um, I, it's not out yet, but you can, okay. you can, you can just kind of type her name in and it's, yeah, I'll so definitely I, be looking for that. Yeah. I saw it on Twitter and she's going to be talking about sports and mental health. So that's another resource, oh um, that will be coming out too. So, so there are things that are coming out yeah. and that are already yeah. out here, but we've got to do more. Oh yeah. We, we always have to do more. It's, it, and it's so interesting and, you know, leading up to, um, you know, getting ready for, for this, um, podcast episode. Um, I don't know if this was last week or maybe the week before last, there was, um, a young man who, um, had played, uh, football, I think for Notre Dame, um, and ended up, um, sadly ending his life, I think mm. earlier this month um and his brother i don't know if it, i don't think they were twins but his brother um had also played and also had ended his life so oh, I th i'm assuming yeah it was it was pretty heartbreaking um oh. and it, again it was just kind of that sign like okay nudge like okay you need to you need to get this episode out because right, it's really important right, and we need to talk yeah. about this stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, we, you know, like you said, they're just, it's great that there's more, but there just can never be enough. So, right, um, I right. just, I really, I'm thankful for you and finding you oh. and, and knowing that there are people out there that are, you know, really focusing on this type of thing. Yeah, um, sure. you know, for, for people that this is, you know, even if it's not, you know, uh, the, the, you know, you play a sport or you do something and you get paid for it, but it's just a passion of yours. Right. Um, right. You know, it, it, it's really important to, like you said, just kind of take care of all aspects of yourself, whether it's your physical self, your mental self. So, um, yeah, that, I'm just yeah, I'm yeah. I'm so thankful that um, we were able to have this conversation and end the year on a good note. Yes, so I'm yes. definitely looking forward to having more conversations next year. And it goes without saying that uh, once that book drops, you will be coming back <laughs> I, I to talk will, about I it. So. I'm definitely coming back. <laughs> And I, you know, and, and now that I, I, this is the first time I've actually said it publicly. 
publicly. So now I I have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I feel special. Yes, you are. You, you, <laughs> you heard are. it here, folks. Yes. You heard it here first. Absolutely. But it's yeah, been yeah. something on my heart. And it's something that I'm so yeah. passionate about, about athlete yeah. mental health. And so we need to just put it, put the pen to the paper, as I was saying. Yeah. And, and just kind of give you guys this information so you can have it. Absolutely. Well, before we wrap up, um, do you have any, you know, either words of wisdom or encouragement for folks that are listening to this and, you know, maybe didn't think that they, you know, were having some issues or knew that they were and just kind of felt, you know, hopeless or felt like they were alone? Like, do you have any words of wisdom for them that are, you know, looking to kind of come out of that dark space after a meet or a competition? Yeah, just, you know. I always like to tell people that seeking help is a sign of strength and not weakness. Mm. You know, I I, I say that so many times and it's because I truly believe it. So, you know, if you feel like you're struggling with something and, and you know, you just don't seem to be able to shake it, just go talk to somebody, you know, start, start with a friend or a family member And if you feel like, you know, you need a little bit of support, there are folks out here that are willing and Mm -hmm. able and so ready to receive you and help you get to your better self. And it's okay. It's it's okay. We just have to deal with it. So last thing I'll say about it is we have to treat mental health just like we do physical health. We just have to address it. Amen to that. Where can the people find you, um, Natalie, whether it be online or your practice? Where how can people get in touch with you? Sure. So um, I am I'm pretty much everywhere. Um, you can find mm-hmm. me on Facebook. Uh, my private practice page is Natalie Gray's Athletic Counseling. You can find me there. I'm on Twitter, Natalie mm-hmm. underscore Graves one. Instagram, uh, Natalie Gray's Athletic Counselor, I believe it is. My mm-hmm. website is www.nataliegraves. And then mm-hmm. um, you can email me at uh, info at Natalie Graves. So, and just quickly, do you work with athletes remotely as well as in person? Yes. Yeah, so, so okay. um, I, I'm based in Chicago. I have an office mm-hmm. downtown Chicago, and then I have an office in Orland Park, Illinois. It's a sub, it's a, a southwest suburb of Chicago. But mm-hmm. I also do um, virtual coaching where oh, wow. um, we okay. can do work um, wherever you are or if mm-hmm. you're in Chicago, but you're training, you're traveling, you can't come to the office. Right. No worries at all. Um, and I use a platform that you can access through your laptop, your phone, your iPad, whatever. So awesome. um, I am available and I am accessible. And I do that particularly because of the lifestyle of, of uh, athletes. So I structure right. my practice around that. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, I will make sure to put all of your information in the show notes so people will be able to find you. Um, I just want to th- Thank you again for taking uh, time out on this Friday evening to chat with me. Um, It is, again, always conversations with you go so far beyond my expectations. (laughs) Um, I want to thank everyone who has listened and, like I said, who has supported me and, um, you know, has checked on me during my absence. I don't I think this is the first episode I've done since this summer. Um, And like I said, part of it was because um, I just got kind of focused with training. But then I just just didn't have it in me to be quite honest. Um, And now I'm feeling reinvigorated and energized to bring some great new episodes in 2020. So thank you guys so much. We are on um, 
uh, Google Play, um, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, really pretty much anywhere that you listen to podcasts. And we also have our Instagram and Facebook page. So you can find the chocolate bar there. Um, Thank you guys so much. Have a wonderful, wonderful holiday season and a dope ass new year. And we will see you guys in 2020. (laughs) Thanks for coming to the bar. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.